everyone. Welcome back to Mercy Talk. This is Melanie Wise. And this is Jen Otero. And if you have been tuning in with us this month, then you are well aware that we have been talking through the topic of shame. And really, we just pray that it's been helpful to you. It is a topic that we have been wanting to address and kind of dive into. But at first it was a little like, okay, we have a conceptual idea of what this is, but really getting in and getting to the guts of it all, mm-hmm. we hope has been helpful for you. I know it's been helpful for me. And so it's such an important topic. Absolutely. And so today we're going to really be shifting gears to that next level as we kind of wrap up this topic. Yeah. Which is always the one that I have like, okay, what now? Thank right. you for the definition. <laughs> Thanks for all that. What do I Help do with it now? Here. Yes. So last week we welcomed one of our, um, leadership team members, Brooke Heels, and she is back with us this week. Welcome, Brooke. We're so glad you're back. Um, For those of you who weren't with us last week, you don't know who Brooke is. So I will let you know that she is actually our executive director of counseling services. I will be the first to say that I'm horrible with people's titles around here because I'm just like, basically Brooke just oversees all the counseling yes. all over the country, which is a really big job. That's a really big job. You're really important, Brooke. Basically, is what I'm trying to say. Very special. That's it. But with all of the vast experience that Brooke has, even before she came to Mercy, um, and then definitely with the work that she's doing here now, we just knew that she mm-hmm. had a lot to bring yes. to the table on this one. Um, and Jen, with all of the counseling experience that you have, um, just really feel the same. And I'm just really learning a lot from y'all now. So well, it's very enjoyable <laughs> for me. Um, I think we just kind of want to start jumping into some things because we could probably go on this one for a long time. Totally. Um, and so as I did last week, I'm just going to kind of ask you guys some questions and let you go with it. Um, I'll add my little tidbits here and there as I have them. But, you know, I think that, um, again, let's just start honestly with the basic question. Like, what are some of the most helpful ways to help someone address shame in their life? We've talked again. I just before, I just asked the question and I started talking. Sorry. But I did want to say, for those of you who have not listened, mm-hmm. like we really did break down the definition of shame. And last week we talked a lot about how to recognize it, you know, different ways that it plays out in people's lives. And so now we've done that. We've talked about that. Now what? Like, how do you start addressing it when you see it with other people? And our heart always, always, always on Mercy Talk is that we don't just have these really cool conversations and then leave you hanging. Like, so that really is our heart today is to talk through, okay, what do we do when you recognize shame in someone's life? And so the first one I'll throw out and then Brooke, you can run with it too, is we've talked for three or four weeks now about how shame you're going to find at the root. This is not something that you're easily typically going to go, oh, this is really what's going on. You're going to see it beginning to manifest through a variety of things like we talked about last week. And so being someone who really identifies it, that you get to the root, that you understand then where it came in. So you're looking at story, you're talking through what they've walked through, you're identifying, oh, wow, this is where that shame came in, whether it was your choices, whether it was someone else's choices, whether it was parenting things like we talked about a couple weeks ago. If your healthy shame wasn't um, stewarded real well mm-hmm. and there was a lot of shaming that went on because you made normal mistakes as a kid, mm-hmm. often that toxic shame is going to shoot through the roof and you're going to begin to believe things about who you are instead of what you have just done. Mm-hmm. And so as a helper, it's really identifying the shame for what it is, but then beginning to get to the root of where that even came in. Hmm. Yeah, that so was how do you perfect. Do, how do you do that? Bro? Um, yeah, I think that was perfect. You know, we're talking about root issues and as we touched on last week when we dig out those root issues it just really redefines all of the behaviors that Mm -hmm. manifest because of shame and really frees them up so you know you you have to dig in a little bit but it's so worth it yeah um and you know as a helper 
when you also then recognize helping someone that that also brings me Mm -hmm. shame, you know, being able to go ahead and go, okay, when's the first time I felt this? What was going on then? What was the lie that I believed? And just letting the Lord kind of get in there with you. And he will, which is really, really amazing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, and I, I even think just about how this looks for us personally. And I know for me, the uncovering of any sort of shame in my own life started as it usually does by some sort of external behavior, Mm -hmm. some sort of, you know, the branches where I'm like, what the world, what's the deal with me doing this or acting this way or having this attitude and then had to go down in that trunk level we always talk about is the belief system. Mm -hmm. So what is it that I'm, what are the lies? What is it that I'm, you know, what am I saying in my head? Like I don't usually say it out loud, but what's, what's running through those thoughts that aren't true. And then I just kept going deeper and deeper till I was able to, and I, I think you touched on this maybe some last week or I don't remember what week, Jen, but like, like, the Holy Spirit is mm-hmm. one who reveals this kind of stuff. When you're talking about roots, like, man, I can have the best guess about That's somebody right. else's roots, but I mean, there's really only one who knows. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like for you personally to ask the Lord to reveal those things, because he's not going to hold out on you. No. He's not like, I know what your root issues are, and I'm not going to tell you. Best of luck. You know, like, he's going to be very faithful <laughs> to really reveal good. that if you're seeking that. Mm-hmm. But then certainly when you're helping other people, good grief, you just certainly don't know about their root systems at work. And I think there's a way to to identify some of that, but at the end of the day, it's really yeah revelation from the Lord. And I think it's just asking that simple question. It's creating space and going, Lord, will you show me where shame is yeah. in my life? Like, yeah. will you show me where there's shame in my life? Whether it's a memory, whether it's a lie that I believe, whatever that may look like, will you begin to identify that area mm-hmm. in my life? Mm-hmm. And then going from there, whether that's breaking a lie, whether that's then identifying unforgiveness if it's an area that you need to repent for and really get right with the Lord, whether it's taking authority over some things that you're recognizing, like it really is putting even our keys to freedom to work. And I know Brooke and I were talking before we started. She goes, does this does this feel like it'd be a good time to talk through keys? I'm like, yes, keys to freedom. And go. I'm not sure if yeah. you've heard about this book. Yeah. But <laughs> no, honestly, and, and I'll touch back on it um, probably in a minute, but I mean, it is such a great tool. Mm-hmm to walk you through some of these things because all of the root issues is letting God get to the heart of things and so what gets revealed in that process and by the way I've actually done it myself right I'm mm-hmm. not just mm-hmm. <laughs> talking about it but the things that it opened up for me um, my husband was very happy because I was like I am so sorry <laughs> that I have done this I had no idea you know and it went back to something so random right. you know there were lots of some things but a few that were yeah. very you know, just, um, and so now kind of the joke around our house, like if, uh, Scott does something that he's like, I don't know why I feel that way. I'm like, when's the first time you remember feeling that uh-huh. way? And he's like, Oh man, don't well, I was 10. <laughs> and then we, <laughs> we do some you know, healing like, in the kitchen, <laughs> but it's, it's been really cool to just walk through that, that book and then let that be a part of our life and our relationship. Mm-hmm. And even, you know, when you're in the helping relationship, obviously it's different with counseling specifically, but you know, when you're a helper in ch- or church, and a mentor to people, being able to have that relationship yeah. of, you know, all right, like, let's talk. You don't have to just be the angry person or the mm-hmm. sad person or the avoidant person. You know, you don't have to be that. You can, you can yeah. dig through and um, just find just such, it's such relief. It yeah, really you know? is. And I think too, just even as a parent, you know, we talk a lot about, 
I think so often we, in these conversations, we think about the back end of things. Like now I have this toxic shame in my life. How do I address it? Well, even as a parent, how do we equip our kids or our nephews or our nieces or whoever's with these tools so that they're able to combat shame that would try to come in? Because if I raise my daughter to recognize lies before they ever get implanted in her identity, she then has much more of a resilience to speak to Brene Brown for a moment (laughs) where that shame isn't going to latch into her life in the same way. And so it is kind of that both and thing when we're talking through our keys to freedom specifically and all the ways that that equips us, whether it's on the front end so that we don't take on this stuff in the same way or on the back end when we're already carrying it and Mm -hmm. we realize that has got to go. Mm -hmm. And so that is the beautiful part just to continue to speak about those keys is that there is such an equipping that happens. It's not just... I have this stuff in my life and I need to heal. Yes, that's a huge part of it. But it also is just biblical principles that we carry as sons and daughters of God that allow us to connect with him all the more and to carry a whole different level of health in our lives that then positions us to be the helpers and the people that we desire to be to walk out the calling that God has in our Mm -hmm. lives. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, I would love to find out, Brooke, from your experience, have you found, you know, we talked a little bit about kind of how it manifests sometimes a little uniquely um, from men to women. Have you found that even addressing it in men and women looks any different or it's unique? Yeah. I mean, women are generally more comfortable opening up. Yeah. Okay. We're generally more comfortable being (laughs) like, I'm such a hot mess or, you know, whatever. Right. We'll generally be open to that. That's not what most men walk into the room. Like just really stressed guys. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of, um, and so, and even culturally, it's just more acceptable. You know, we can get into all the gender stuff. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Um, But the bottom line is that, you know, for men, it is imperative that we provide a space for them to be vulnerable. I kind of mentioned that last week Mm -hmm. Um, and a space for them to ask for help. Mm -hmm. You know, when you are the helper in this situation, pointing out areas that aren't working for the person Mm -hmm. and encouraging, you know, him to ask for help or owning like, you know, supporting someone, especially a man, which usually this will be man to man. Right. Mm -hmm. So you're saying um, supporting them like, hey, you're not doing so well in these areas, but you have to be able to create the space that you can do something with that, Mm -hmm. Um, which, by the way, for men is generally let's have a plan. Right. Okay. So another difference and Jen, you could, you know, correct me kind of if you think I'm wrong on this is that, you know, you have to have a plan to not only address it spiritually, but also practically. Totally. So like if they're usually it's going to go back to family, right? So if it's an interaction with spouse or, you know, child or whatever, you know, you kind of have to go in and say, okay, let's capitalize on this moment. Let's walk through how to communicate differently with your wife while also recognizing the lies you're believing and let's go to the Lord and see what he can do with this, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's, you have to be really proactive in my experience Mm -hmm. with working with men. And they appreciate that because once they're like, oh, okay, they're pretty much in it to win it. Like, that's awesome. let's get after it. Yeah. And I I know I would just add to that too, that in general, I've always found Holy Spirit to be very strategic. That when I ask the Lord for an action plan, whether it's in my own life or as a counselor, he's so faithful every time to not just go, these are the roots and these are the spiritual things, but this is what you need to do. 
with what I have shown you. Mm-hmm. I've given you this revelation, but here is how you carry this out. So for men and women, there's a place of going, okay, I'm not just going to settle for the revelation and the truth and just that place in the spirit that has now been healed. But how am I now responsible for what the Lord's done in my life? Mm-hmm. How do I now carry this in a way that's going to continue me down the process and down the road of healing and moving forward in what God's done? And yeah. he's so, so faithful. I mean, practical, crazy little things that you're like, oh, okay, I really should go on a date once a week with my husband or whatever it may be, like just very strategic. Oh, I should read to my child for 15 minutes before they go to bed at night. Like whatever it may be, he is such a strategic, faithful God in those ways. I think sometimes we just don't think to access him in that way for ourselves, but also just as helpers in general. Yeah. But I think women naturally do that too, Mm -hmm. right? Women Mm -hmm. naturally are, okay, the Lord healed this area of my life. Now, how can I activate that in my relationships? Mm-hmm. Right, because so, we're relational people. We are relational, mm-hmm. and so, and not that men aren't; they are in amazing ways. Yeah. They're different, and we need them to be different. Mm-hmm. That's such a great thing. But so, I think that you know, with women, you can actually f- get in and dig in and do all of that. You don't have to say, "Well, when he says this, then you say this." Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. not always, sometimes, mm-hmm. but usually, when you kind of heal some help walk somebody through healing, um, a woman's going to go, okay, now I know what to do with this. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think those are some yeah. differences when you're in that helping yeah, relationship. Yeah, that makes sense. Good. Um, so I have, I have a question that might be a little bit of a doozy. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> doozy. <laughs> but I want to make sure that I know how to ask this right. Um, so a lot of times I feel like it's shame that is keeping people from actually addressing real issues in their life. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, there's some real insecurity that somebody has, but they have a lot of shame around the fact that they have insecurity. So you can't even get to the insecurity issues because the shame is like blocking. It's like this barricade that's like around you. Like, I will not talk about that thing because I have shame around the fact that I have that thing. I have shame about my shame. Exactly. And so... Have you guys had experience in helping people navigate that and kind of breaking down that wall and what that looks like? I think that it's always that. Mm -hmm. It's always compounding. Always, you know, and I think it's important that people recognize, you know, I'll pick on the parenting thing because that's usually where I'm pretty sure your kids are here just Mm -hmm. to pull out every single thing (laughs) from you that the Lord needs you to deal with. Um, And so, you know, when when you know, someone overreacts when they're parenting. You like how I avoided putting myself in that. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, when you over with someone else. Who, Are you, you talking know, about a, me, Brooke? A friend that I know yeah, yeah. that doesn't go here. Um, no. So when um, someone, you know, when I overreact um, in parenting, you know, or whatever that's going to be, you know, so yes, it's about that moment right then, you know, with, with my son, but it really is going to go back to things with like mm-hmm. pretty deep with me. And so when you open up those doors, but you can start with the immediate. Yeah. Okay. I can start with, you know, when my son doesn't want to go to bed and it's like, you've had to go to bed every night mm-hmm. or always since you've been here, <laughs> you know, and you just get really frustrated in that process. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, but the overreaction piece, it's okay to be frustrated, but the overreaction piece to that of getting like super angry or whatever. And then I, I'm going to go back and explore, you know, this shouldn't bother me in that Mm -hmm. way. Right. So I can deal in the practical and have a plan for how I'm not going to get frustrated with going to bed. I know I'm using something pretty benign since you gave us the doozy. Yeah. (laughs) The 
<laughs> but the other side is, okay, what is that? Why that reaction to mm-hmm. something so benign? And, you know, going um, and digging deeper. But yeah. so you can kind of start with the surface stuff and then go back. But also I think people have a choice. Like yeah. you have to choose. Like one of the things that we do in the home a lot is, you know, what does freedom look like right. for you? And then they define it. And then we say, okay, so what are you willing to sacrifice? Hmm for that are you willing to sacrifice the shame and find healing you Mm -hmm. know to have this freedom and a lot of it is priority you know am Mm -hmm. i willing to feel uncomfortable because a lot of this has been survival yeah for most people but shifting that that's really to thriving so good and i think too to add to that as the helper there's something to be said about recognizing you know what my role as your counselor or your youth pastor or your mentor in this season may be only taking you so far Mm -hmm. and I, i know even working as a counselor at Mercy for all those years, there was something to be said about going, you know what, on graduation day, you may not have gone to every place that I saw that you needed to, yeah. but you dealt with two of your three levels and layers. Yeah. So as you get ready to launch into this next season, did I, as the person that God put in your life, steward you well? And did I challenge you into those places? And did I call you where you needed to go and l- allowed you to make the choice? Absolutely. Are you further along than you were six months ago? Absolutely. Are you maybe going to need some more counseling? Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. But there's something to be said about recognizing, you know what? My job is to call this stuff out and to love you and to position you. But ultimately, it's your choice. Yeah. It's your healing. It's your life. In fact, it's your shame. So what are you going to mm-hmm. do with it? Mm-hmm. And have I done what my role is without getting into false responsibility and being a really well-boundaried person mm-hmm. positioned you to go deeper in yeah. your healing? And if I've done that, then bless Jesus, go right, with God, and right. you're going to be positioned to continue to go further right. as you choose. Yeah. Well, is there anything else that you guys have? I mean, we could probably just keep going and going on this one. I have another, you know, library full of questions I could ask you on this one. But is there any final thoughts that you guys have um, or just encouragement at all on this specific topic that you'd want to share before we sign off? I'm going to say what I think I've probably said 14 times in the last month, but I'm just going to reiterate it as that last go of it. In our humanity, I don't believe that we can recognize shame right off the bat Yeah, very easily. I don't want to say we never can because maybe you're super discerning and you're a rock star and way better <laughs> than me. But all I know is I desperately need Holy Spirit to help me to get to that level of a root in my own life or someone else's life. Even sharing just even recently some of the things I prayed through. It was the Lord who was like, Jen, there's some shame in your life we need to address. Mm-hmm. I didn't wake up and in my humanity go, oh, wow, I think there's some shame I need to get with Jesus about. In fact, right. I avoided it. So there's something to be said about acknowledging his role in really getting into the deep places of shame that we carry. Yeah. But the beautiful part is that when we do invite the Holy Spirit in and allow him to do what he does, there is an acceleration. There is this amazing momentum that happens in our healing process, not only identifying it, but overcoming it. And so that is that is where I will always go is allowing the Holy Spirit to come in and do what only he can do and getting out of his way mm-hmm. so that he can do it, whether that's for ourselves or for the other people that we're helping. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Brooke? I think that, I personally think that all of the damaging things that we do to ourselves and others um, really goes back to that root of shame Mm -hmm. and just the lies that we've believed. Whether or not, you know, for most of us, those lies started before we had, 
you know, an opportunity to do that. So whether that's, you know, with abuse, neglect, whatever's happened, you know, in your life, the amazing thing is that you are empowered Mm -hmm. to actually heal from that, whether or not that person, you know, this isn't just about them doing something to, okay, now I can be okay. Mm -hmm. You know, these are areas that you can dig in. And so I just really want to encourage people, um, the helper and, you know, whoever you're helping for the helper, when you see somebody reacting in ways that just, you know, are like, oh, this just isn't good. And it kind of puts that alarming feeling in you where you want to go rescue. Mm -hmm. You know, I just really want to encourage, um, you know, you to just take a step back and go, okay, this is tied to something else. Let's not get distracted Mm -hmm. by that piece. Um, And then for you, recognizing as things come up, when, when they come up for you, you know, that you feel empowered to go and handle that and address it. And, uh, and just kind of deal with it on both levels. It's always just a consistent process. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it's and it's active. And, and you're right, Jen. That's the, to me, and, and Mel, you said it earlier too, it's just the best thing that, the God does, that God doesn't just leave us there. Right. <laughs> you know, he's going to show up with yeah. it and, yeah. um, and help us process it. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, this has been, <laughs> it's weird to be like, this has been so fun talking about shame, but this has really been so, I just feel like helpful. I mean, even just for me in thinking about helping other people, but also just in my own personal life, just, you know, honestly, even preparing for these podcasts and reading these different books that we've brought up, it's been helpful. And I feel like the Lord revealing stuff for me. I know that Jen has shared, you know, just about kind of things that the Lord's brought up for her. I feel like things have been brought up for me. And, and honestly, um, it really is life work. It's like soul work. Yes. Up until the day we meet Jesus. Please come soon. But, you know, I'm like, it's just, this is something that we will continue to be really digging into for the rest of our lives. And so, Brooke, since you brought up Keys to Freedom earlier, I'm just going to jump on that and keep going with it. Do it. I mean, Keys to Freedom is the study that we released. I mean, it's almost been two months, which is crazy since that came out. But the the feedback and the stories that we have gotten back from people on that are already just blowing us away. And, you know, I mean, we kind of beta tested that study for like a couple of years. Sure. So we already had a lot of confidence going into it that, man, the Lord is using this stuff to really radically impact people's lives. And I love just hearing how <laughs> as you read through it, or your husband ran through it, that the Lord was just continuing to bring stuff up. I feel like if I'm learning anything even here at Mercy, I'm like, man, our stuff really is just in layers. Yeah, it is. And I think, honestly, one of my favorite things about Keys to Freedom, just as a clinician too, um, for myself but for other people, is that this is a book that you can carry with you. Yeah. Okay, because it is like forgiveness is active. We have to cultivate (laughs) these things in our life. And so, you know, you read through it and you find a lot of healing and you're good for a little while. And then you're like, uh, you know, a couple Mm -hmm. years down the road, or a new life event, right? Something triggers. And, and I think that's something that happens a lot. People get discouraged because, you know, I was good and then I had kids right. and now I feel a little bit crazy <laughs> right. again, you know, and that's normal. Yeah. Um, but you can revisit and you can take, keep, carry this book with you throughout your life and yeah. keep going in that process. And there are a lot of works that you can't really do that. It just kind of meets a need at a moment. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And this is, is really active. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like it's probably the best and most helpful resource that we can offer to you guys who are listening and even trying to take something practical from this series that we've done on shame that man it's good for the people you're helping and it's really good for you too yeah and I mean I like you said the cyclical thing I just feel like 
it's really the Lord's mercy that he just allows something else to cycle through our life to bring up the next layer. It's like, all right, now it's time to work on the next layer. And then guess what? In a few years, something else is going to come up and it's the next layer. And the fact that, I mean, I'm thankful that I have keys to freedom at my disposal for the rest of my life. Right. And no matter what comes up, no matter what resurfaces and no matter what new things develop in my life, that I've got something that I can use that is very practical. Um, and I've got something that I can use to help other people as well. It really is both and. And so we encourage you, if you are listening and you have not had a chance to get that resource, that you can go to mercymultiplied.com and um, just look for our Keys to Freedom study. And there's ways that you can um, do the study yourself, do it in group settings. There's even a mentor element of that that you can add in. And so we're really, really excited about it. And I really do think it's the most practical thing that we can give you going from here. So we are going to be shifting gears next month in the month of May. We're going to be talking a lot about the power of vision and what it looks like to have vision for our own lives, how we help the people or how we work with the people and help those that we're helping cast vision for themselves. And so I'm really excited to jump into this topic because it certainly applies across the board to all people. So we're excited to jump into that and hope that you will join us then.